Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all the Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you're addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I'm a Dynasty Freak. That means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all my teams 365 days a year. So do you. So let's talk some Dynasty on episode number 235. Here kind of in the dead part of the season as OTAs have ended and before training camps get started, one of the things that I like to do is just kind of look back at all of my rosters and actually think about the the players that I have most rostered. And here comes my dog into the room. Come on in, Russell Wilson. My dog's name's Russell Wilson. He's an 185-pound Mastiff. Probably about the same size as the real Russell Wilson, but I digress. <clears throat> so one of the things that I like to do this time of year is to uh, see who my most rostered players are. I do this because I want to remember how I acquired those players and consider why I have so many shares of those players. And really helps me decide if they're players that I'm happy to hold or if they're players that I think I need to sell. So today on this podcast... We'll talk about the players that I have rostered in more than 33% of my teams. Uh, you'll notice that these players are not superstars. It's pretty hard to roster 33% plus uh, elite players because usually those types of players are acquired in rookie drafts. And I'm in nine dynasty leagues, so my draft spot in all these rookie drafts every year varies significantly. So it's hard to kind of get a hold of the same types of players all the time, uh, making it a little bit harder there. But as a result, most of the players that I'm going to list here today are like late round prospects. So they're players that I had much ranked much higher than consensus. So later in the draft was able to pick them up. Or they're players that I added off waivers. Uh, because in the season, there was a player that I saw that I wanted. And that's where you can kind of have some control and exercise by putting the highest fab bid on these players. And thus, they end up more on my team. So you'll see that when we talk about these players Um or they're just players that I, you know, targeted in trades. There's a few that I actually targeted in trades. So, again, with few exceptions, these are the players that I'm happy to have on my uh, mini shares of. There are a few that I'll be honest with that I'm not so glad now that I've looked that I have them on more than 33% of my rosters. But still, fun to see. hope this gives you just a chance to see these are players that I actually value. hope that I can convince you that these are players, minus the two that I'll talk about, that really should be on your rosters. So let's start. This is pretty wild. Uh, number one for me is Isaiah Hodgins, uh, wide receiver in the, for the Giants. I have him in eight of my nine leagues. That's crazy, eight of my nine leagues. In fact, the only league where I don't have him rostered is my salary cap league, and that means that he's a free agent, and we have a free agent auction uh, coming up in August. And so, and in fact, if I wanted to make a bid on him, I could make a bid on him and have Isaiah Hodgins on all nine of my teams. Pretty funny. In every case, though, Hodgins was a player that I picked up off waiver wires last season. So in all these leagues, that's how he was acquired, was off the waiver wire last season. Uh, the fact is that I liked Hodgins more than most managers when he was you know, drafted in 2020. I thought he was an excellent red zone target at, at Oregon State. He scored 13 touchdowns in his final season. And I was super surprised to see that he fell to the sixth round in the NFL draft. But thought you know he could become a starter in Buffalo when, the, when he was drafted there. But instead, uh, the Bills signed Stefan Diggs. They signed several other veteran free agents, if you remember that at that time. And so he was just kind of buried under the depth chart. And later he was just released from the team. But I was really excited when he signed with the Giants last year because Brian Dayball was Buffalo's offensive coordinator when they drafted him. And now the new, new head coach in New York, he signed Hodgins and gave him his first chance to play in the NFL, which was great. Uh, Giants injuries, you know, definitely gave him the opportunity to play. But from week 10 on, 
he was a starter for the Giants. And he had the most touchdowns during that period and the second most receptions uh, during that period from the last seven games of the season. The Giants wide receiver room has definitely grown uh, over the offseason since they signed Paris Campbell and Jamison Crowder, since Wendell Robinson and Sterling Shepard are coming back from injury. Still, the Giants you know, signed Hodgins to a one-year deal, and he's projected to be a, a starter alongside Darius Slayton, who was also re-signed to a one-year deal. Lots of one-year deals there for, for the Giants at the receiver room. You know, he's going to have some competition, but I think Hodgins is their best red zone receiver, and he should remain in a starting role with an offense that's improving. Uh, he's a player that I'm very glad to have on all but one of my rosters. Maybe I can make it all my rosters if this free agent auction if I choose to add him then. Next would be uh, Jalen Warren. I have him in six of my nine leagues, so two-thirds of my leagues. I have Jalen Warren uh, running back for Pittsburgh. <clears throat> Warren's my second most rostered player. Like I said, I have him in six of my uh, nine leagues, and I added him the same way in every single league. This is how I added him. Yeah, see, Warren flashed in a preseason game last season, and after watching him look far superior to Benny Snell in that game, uh, I knew that this undrafted free agent was immediately going to become Najee Harris's backup, and Snell and Anthony McFarlane were going to be left behind. So after watching that preseason game, I added him in every roster except, uh, except two, where I was just actually outbid for him. So some other savvy owners out there, you know, actually outbid me for him after they watched that that uh, preseason game. In the salary cap league, um, I actually added him as a free agent uh, in a, as a free agent in that auction too. Signed him to a one-year deal, so he's still a free agent, so I could pick him up in that salary cap league during the auction in August as well. It was just a real big surprise to me that Warren wasn't drafted uh, in 2022 because he had a stellar season, final season at Oklahoma State, and it was really one of the UDFAs that I really made a point to, to follow um, in the preseason, and I'm glad that I did because after seeing that, I was like, I got to get him, and I got him on six of my teams. It's pretty cool now that the coaches have already, say, already saying that they'd like to see him touch the ball more this season. And so that kind of makes him almost like a flex-worthy player, you know, particularly when you're running through some bye weeks and stuff like that. And if Harris gets injured, of course, he's an every-week starter at that point. So I'm pleased to have Warren on two-thirds of my rosters. Next one's a little different for me. Uh, this is uh, Travion Williams. I've got him on five of my nine rosters. Travion Williams, uh, backup running back there in Cincinnati. Now, Williams is a player you know, that I added to my roster um, this offseason. So I didn't have him on any of my rosters, but a couple months ago, I added him to all, all the rosters that I could, and that was five different rosters. I did that because after Samaj P. Ryan signed with the Broncos and Joe Mixon got into a little bit more legal trouble, that's when I, when I decided I was going to add Williams to all the rosters that I could. I want to see you know, how the rest of the offseason play out, plays out for sure, as the Bengals are reportedly asking Joe Mixon to take a pay cut. Um, I was much lower on Williams than most dynasty managers in the 2019 rookie draft, so I didn't draft Williams ever. Um, since that time, though, he's actually been dropped by most dynasty rosters and since he never really had playing time. And so I added him, like I said, in every league that he wasn't rostered. So he's still rostered in a few leagues, but I got him in five every league that I could. <clears throat> it could happen to him again this year if Mixon does come back and if Chase Brown there, you know, it becomes their primary, primary backup, the, the running back they drafted uh, this last year. But I'm really willing to wait and see. I want to see what's happened. Uh, coaches have spoken a little bit highly of him recently, and so I think he's going to get more opportunities this season, even if Mixon remains a Bengal. Kind of a wait and see. Uh, not super excited to have Williams on my team, but that's why I have him, is to wait and see what happens here. Probably the player I'm most excited to have uh, shares of is the next guy, Jahan Dotson. I have four shares of Jahan Dotson, so four out of my nine leagues. Um, I was much higher on him than other dynasty managers in last year's rookie class. 
And so because of that, I drafted him in all four of these leagues where I have him. It's because I drafted him in the first round. I drafted him as high as 8th yeah, eighth from last year's draft and as low as 12th in last year's draft. So all four shares were because I drafted him in the first round. Uh, Dotson was limited you know, by injuries last season, but he was electric when he was on the field. He scored seven touchdowns on just 35 receptions, so one every, every uh, five uh, catches was a touchdown for him. Pretty ridiculous. Uh, he scored four touchdowns in his first four games in the NFL, and that's when he got injured. And I'm just convinced that if he remained healthy, we'd be talking about him, giving him the same kind of praise that we gave Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave after their productive rookie seasons. I think he's right there with them. Uh, Eric Bieniemy has the new OC in Washington. Sam Howell is the new quarterback. I think both are going to improve the commander's offense and give Dotson a chance to break out in his second year. So I could not be happier to have Dotson on four of my teams. <clears throat> Excuse me. Next player that I have four shares of is Jerome Ford. Jerome Ford, I have him on four of my nine teams. I drafted Ford uh, in two rookie drafts, added him off waivers in one league, and then I traded Jermichael Hasty for him to a manager that had Travis Etienne uh, try, kind of just say, hey, you want this handcuff and you can give me handcuff? I actually happen to have Chubb in that league too. So I, I sent him a message just saying, you want to trade handcuff for handcuff? And he accepted the trade, which is pretty wild because this was before the NFL draft, just a month before the NFL draft. And then the Jaguars promptly draft Tank Bigsby. So Jermichael Hasty is no longer the primary backup uh, there where I got the best of that trade, that's for sure. So I had Ford ranked a lot higher than most Dynasty managers last year, uh, but a few managers liked him as much as I did because I wasn't able to draft him in most of my leagues, but I drafted him in a few. <clears throat> he would have been you know, drafted in Dynasty rookie drafts much higher had he not been drafted by the Cleveland Browns because then when he got drafted there, he was buried behind Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. But a year later, now Hunt is out of the way and Ford is a clear backup to Chubb on a team that likes to rotate their running backs. So Ford is one of the players that I've tried the hardest to trade for this offseason, but most managers are unwilling to part with him. Uh, he's no longer you know, a sneaky player to target or someone to add in on a trade. Dynasty managers are aware of his opportunity that he has to spell Chubb or even take a leading role if Chubb were to get hurt. Uh, Ford you know, was an amazingly productive final season at Cincinnati, scoring 20 touchdowns, averaging 6.1 yards per carry. Uh, he was recruited and signed by Alabama before transferring to Cincinnati, so he's got the pedigree to match that college production. Um, I'm going to keep trying to put together trade offers to get Ford the rest of this summer, see if I can get another deal done and add him to more than four of my rosters. Now the first player that I'd say I'm not typically, uh, you know, really excited to have on most of my rosters. Uh, rosters. That's Devontae Parker. I have him in four of my nine leagues. You know, Parker's one of the players on this list that I, I just say I'm not thrilled to have four shares of. Um, I'm trying to remember how, just because he's the oldest player on this list, how I got him. I, I drafted him in a startup um, three years ago in a startup draft. Uh, I inherited him on an orphan team that I took over a year ago, so that's one way. In 2019, I went back and checked the records. I actually traded him in 2019, tra traded for him. I traded Mike Gusecki to get him in 2019. Um, and then this season, I actually added him off of waiver wires, if you believe that. After the rookie draft in one of our leagues, uh, he was still available on the waiver wire, so I added him. This is a league where you have 40 players on the roster, and so it was just looked like he was the best player. We kind of bubble up our rosters before we cut them back to, down to 30 before the season starts. But So I even added him uh, as recently as last month in one of my leagues. I think Parker, you know, he's just a depth piece on my teams and could get the occasional starting role on, on my fantasy teams. You know, it's during bye weeks or if I have players that get, get injured. <clears throat> Adding, you know, Bill O'Brien as the OC in New England 
It's going to make a difference, make them more productive. I think maybe even the addition of Juju Smith-Schuster and the New England offense will give the defenses a little bit more, you know, uh, choices on who they're going to cover. And so maybe Parker can actually, you know, have a better year than he has recently. While he's definitely never lived up to his first-round rookie draft type, you know, that he had in that 2015 class, he's remained in the NFL the whole time and has remained on most dynasty rosters the whole time over the last seven years. I'm thrilled. Not, you know, thrilled to have, you know, this many shares of Parker, but I think there's worse players to have, you know, as a depth, you know, piece on your team. And so that's kind of what I think about Parker. Not thrilled, but good depth piece. Surprised that I have him in four of my leagues and even added him a month ago in one of my leagues. We'll see if he makes the cut. <clears throat> Next player is going to be a surprising one uh, for, for most of y'all, I bet, is Kyle Phillips. Phillips, the wide receiver for Tennessee, he was one of my favorite late round targets last year, which is why I was able to draft him in four of my leagues. So all of the shares that I have of him were because I drafted him. Uh, he was a you know back end of the roster guy all last season after he battled injuries. I thought about cutting him many times, but I chose to stay hopeful that he's going to return healthy and make that second year leap, if you could even call it that, since he hardly played at all his first year. Uh, Phillips, you know, is never going to be the Titans' big play receiver but he is poised to become a highly targeted slot wide receiver and a startable wide receiver in PPR leagues, I think. Kind of the last flex player that you put in your roster in a PPR league. He did exactly what I hoped he would do in his first NFL game, his very first game. He caught six balls on 11 targets and 66 yards, exactly what I thought he would do. And I think if he's healthy, uh, he can keep that role in the offense, especially since the Titans didn't add any competition at the wide receiver room uh, during this draft or during free agency this, this year. Uh, he's currently predict, projected to be their starting slot wide receiver. You have Traylon Burks and uh, Nick Westbrook-Akina on the outsides. Then he's going to be slotted in there at the slot. I think in PPR leagues, Phillip's going to be a startable, you know, last guy in the flex you know, position type of player for years to come if he can stay healthy. I'm glad that I kept him on my roster, and I look forward to seeing uh, what he can do on the field this season. Get back on the field, bro. Need need to see what you can do. A couple more receivers here. <clears throat> Sterling Shepard. I was surprised to see that I have, ha have him in four of my nine leagues. All four of my sh uh, Shepherd shares were actually acquired off the waiver wire within the last two years. Dynasty managers grew tired of Shepard after he sustained two season-ending season injuries over the last few years, and I think most managers just dropped him from their rosters. But I was happy to scoop him up. I'm just hoping that he can return healthy and become Daniel Jones' top target again. Uh, he has younger and tougher competition now, like I already mentioned with Isaiah Hodgins when I talked about him. A lot of competition there now uh, in the Giants wide receiver room. But I'm willing to, you know, give him a chance to see if he can win that starting role back if he gets healthy. This is the thing. Over the last two seasons when he has played, so he's only played 10 games over the last two seasons. But when he has played, he was uh, Jones's number one target. Uh, Jones targeted 7.7 times per game. <laughs> Jones only had eyes for Shepard. I'm skeptical that he's going to do it again, but the Giants signed him to a one-year deal again and actually paid him more than they paid Hodgins, more than they paid Darius Slayton on their one-year deals. And so I'm willing to take a chance. Uh, if the Giants want to take a chance on him, I'm going to take a chance on him. We'll wait and see what happens in that, uh, what, that whole crazy wide receiver room for the Giants next year. So happy to have a Lee shares of Shepard. Definitely will be cuttable if he doesn't you know, become a starter. <clears throat> Two more here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Next one is Tyler Scott. Uh, as Kyle Phillips was in last year's rookie drafts, uh, this year's rookie draft was Tyler Scott. He was my primary late-round target. In fact, I drafted him in the fourth, fifth, and sixth rounds of rookie drafts, 
and then I added him on uh, waiver wires in one rookie draft in one league. Uh, I've you know talked about him a lot on the recent podcast when I've gone through you know the players that I drafted. So I'm not going to belabor uh, talking uh, about him. I just I'm just so glad that I have him. Uh, he was drafted way later than the NFL scouts projected, and he has a chance to be better than Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney this season. Plus, Claypool and Mooney's contracts expire at the end of this season. And so he's got an improving quarterback in Justin Fields and an opportunity to become Fields' second leading target behind DJ Moore. I likely have to wait a year, just like I had to do with Phillips, wait on Scott for a year. But I'm really happy to do so, and I'll be pleasantly surprised if he actually steps up and rises up the depth chart ahead of Claypool or Mooney in this next year. Uh, excited to have these shares of Scott, the only rookie that's on this list for me. And finally, we'll end with the player I'm least excited to have. That would be Josh Palmer. I have him on four of my nine leagues as well, so more than 33%, four of my nine leagues. Uh, Palmer's the player that I'm least excited to say that I have on four of my rosters, especially after what the Chargers did this offseason. Here's the thing. I fully expected that the Chargers were going to let Mike Williams go in free agency and allow Palmer to become wide receiver two beside Keenan and Allen. Instead, they re-signed Williams, and then they drafted Quentin Johnston <laughs> in the first round. And so as a result, Palmer went from the possible or the hopeful wide receiver two to the sidelined wide receiver four. Uh, Palmer, Palmer is now one of the players I'm most likely to cut from my teams when we have to trim rosters back when the season starts. So as of now, he's on four of my, my uh, rosters. I'm not sure that's going to be that way when we have to cut down rosters before the season starts. We definitely was one of my favorite mid-round rookie picks in the 2021 class, and so that's why I got all my shares of him in the draft via the rookie draft. I think I even traded up one time uh, just a few picks to get him. And so you win some and you lose some when you're drafting these rookies, and I'd say this one for sure is a loss on my part. So... Anyway, those are some of the players that I have rostered the most. I think I might do another one next week. There's another 10 players that I have in three of my nine leagues. So there's some that are just hit that 33% threshold. But here you get the ones that I have and actually more than a third of my rosters. So hope that gives you uh, some thoughts on some players that I value and why I have them on so many of my teams. And look forward to talking with you more as we continue through this kind of dead part of the offseason. That's going to be a wrap for this week, my freaky friends. Thanks so much for listening. Make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. That's dynastyfreaks with two E's and freaks. Much better on email than I am on Twitter, so would love to communicate with you that way. I'd be honored if you take time to rate and review the podcast. That would mean a lot for me as an independent podcaster. Thanks for listening. I appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted independent voice in the dynasty landscape. Until next time you know what to do, go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.